Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Yogi Bhajan once said that song was an in-your-face chant that is basically saying to the universe that I'm here because you put me here. So I'm going to do what I do because you enabled me to do what I do. So if you want to stop me, kill me. But up until then, I'm going for it. If you want to stop me, kill me. Usually most people are trying to not be killed <laughs> by whatever it is. And that's what is the fear. Because we believe that this is all there is. But this is an in-your-face. He said his expression was being personally impersonal and impersonally personal. This is an opportunity for you to be the big you instead of the safe you. The safe you is the most dangerous place to live because when you are about to die, you realize that you wasted an entire life. And your last sensation is misery. <laughs> you work your tail off to feed yourself and others, to house yourself and others, to transport yourself and others, to clothe yourself and others, and you reach the last breath and you realize 
I can't use the word. <laughs> Your <laughs> good bleep, huh? I mean, like a flawless bleep. The only thing we didn't have was the fuzzy on the mouth. <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're just done. And you realize in that moment, in that moment of passage, in that moment of passage, you realize what you were to realize in every life of breath. In the moment of death, you realize what you were to realize in the moment of breath. And that is, go for it. The universe put me here. The universe gave me this ability. If this is not to be, then the universe can take me away. But until then, I'm going to be everything that I can possibly be. And if I'm wrong, I'll forgive myself. And if I'm right, I'll remember that. <laughs> so what that is, it's the theme of today's class. Today's class is part of a, a greater theme, which is Mercury in retrograde until the 15th of April. And this was a strong Mercury in retrograde, uh, stronger than most, because it was launched by a, so, a really severe, severe is not a right word, really a grand, really a grand solar storm. Uh, a solar storm that they shut down telecommunications equipment to, to keep it safe. Now, all of these things, solar storms and Mercury in retrograde, deal with electrons and photons. And electrons and photons work on the physical and the optical sensation. When Mercury is in retrograde, and when there is a solar storm, everything that has to do with communication, which is the transference of electron patterns, and the transference of photon patterns, becomes distorted. And most people that are trying to keep it together feel that that's very disruptive. It's an inopportune time. What it's an inopportune time for is that which has to do with contracting, which is what contracts are. Contracting is trying to eliminate all the variables so that you can count on the certainties. And that's a part of life. That's a part of life. But it's not all of life. And it's not what can allow you growth. Because growth is moving into the uncertainty. Growth is moving into the unknown. When you do your strong asanas and your kriyas and your pranayams and your mantras and your daily practices and your sadhanas, you're not trying to know the unknown. You're trying to build up courage to enter the unknown so that you don't really bother if you know it or not. You're just going to enter it. What you do know is that you will, you know, as Yogi Bhajan said, 
I know the unknown is known to me. I know the unknown is known to me, but I don't know it. I don't know the unknown, but I know that it's known to me. So the part of me that it's known to is not necessarily the part of me that is operating my existence. But it is a part of me that I can access if I have a strong insistence. And that's what your daily practice does. It gives you a really strong insistence. That's why Yogi Bhajan called it, keep up. What is Mercury in retrograde and these solar storms good for? It's good for completely distorting and disrupting the concept of certainty so that in your uncertainty you can build faith, trust, courage, will, all of those powerful events, and go into what is now pliable, no longer fixated. It's unstable. It's mutable. It's not fixed. So what can I do? I can change things when it's like that. It's soft putty now. Not hard cement. Not cast or carved in stone or cast in bronze. It is liquid, which means that I can change things in my life. My wife and I are making all sorts of alterations as we go through this Mercury in retrograde period because we know that this is the time when your fixation liquefies, get it into a new fixed pattern, go for another couple few months. Get stable in that fixed pattern, goes liquid again in another Mercury retrograde, and then move forward. Now what happens when an unconscious person reaches what is called the fraud factor? The fraud factor is when you're growing and you suddenly feel unauthorized. How many have had that? I mean like everybody, if you don't raise your hand you're lying or you're lazy. I mean it's like what does, it take, what does it take to raise a hand, right? No, everybody has had one of those moments, two of those moments, many of those moments in which you are really, really progressing and you suddenly go, whoa, and it feels odd. It feels, actually it feels yucky. Very technical word. And that is literally what the masters in, in the Christian faith, in the Hindu faith, in the, Madham, in the Maha, Islamic faith, in the Jain, in the Zoroastrian, in all of the various Buddhist, in all of the various Taoist, in all of the various faiths, called the fraud factor. And it's been commonly translated into original sin. In other words, you reach this place where you feel like a complete fraud. And all that means is that you're interpreting the unknown as being wrong. A time of being wrong. Because when you know 
you're right. And when you don't know, you're wrong. And so you interpret this sensation of moving into the unknown and not knowing anything. I remember one time when Yogi Bhajan was teaching a class, somebody raised their hand in the back of the room and nobody ever raised their hand in a Yogi Bhajan class. You just didn't do it. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a thing. <laughs> and this person is like this in the back of the room and Yogi Bhajan's like, had never seen this before. It's like looking back there and going, yes, can I help you? And this person says, sir, what do I do when I'm always confused? He says, if you find out, let me know. Because I am too. What does confused mean? It means that you're not fused. It means you're not fixated. You're not certain. It means that you have options. Every moment is filled with options. And if you are confused by a lot of options, take advantage of it. Make a choice. Spleen energy. Green juice. The food of the spleen is solar energized green vegetables. Spleen is the decider, the decisive thing. It makes two million blood decisions per beat of the heart. Because the spleen determines which blood cells, and there's two million of them created and released per beat of the heart, which ones are good to go? Which ones have done their job and can now be transformed into something else? Eliminated from your body, recycled through the system of nature, and back into life. And so, when you're confused, make a choice. And don't expect it to be right and forgive yourself. And then when you forgive yourself, make another choice. And don't expect it to be right and forgive yourself. And then when you forgive yourself, make another choice. And pretty soon that dance becomes more accurate. And all of a sudden, you're starting to grow. And in that growth, you start to feel horrible. Enjoy it. This is exactly what the Buddha said. Any experience, when fully experienced, turns to joy. But that means that you can't react to it. And an unconscious person, when they're involved in growth and the wave of their time becomes unstable because it's rising up and it begins to break apart, an unconscious person will blame, will shame. A conscious person will feel horrible. An unconscious person will feel horrible, but blame, and that releases some of the horribleness. Hmm? I feel horrible because of you. That's a bit of sweetness. Blame is a sweet effort. When you can really accurately blame someone, then that makes you feel a lot better. Now, let's not lie about it. That's why we do it, and that's why we all do it. 
but it doesn't do anything. It's the candy bar. It doesn't do anything. It actually just kind of blows out your, your adrenals, you know? Temporarily, you get sugar high, sugar blue. So blame is a common go-to. And that is why the Buddha also said in the, and Lao Tse said in the Tao, and on and on and on, and Guru Nanak said, existence is suffering until it isn't. If you're going to get to it, you have to go through it. You have to go through the suffering without blaming, because the moment you blame, you set up a karmic loop. Blame, and it's going to come back. Blame, and it's going to come back. Blame, and it's going to come back. But it doesn't come back one-fold. It comes back tenfold. Big mess up. Forgive yourself. So the fraud factor sits there, and it's actually an evolutionary governor. It's an evolutionary governor that sits on the growth patterns of evolution so that we don't grow so fast that it actually becomes a mutation. Because as all of the creatures and the, and the life forms are growing, the most important thing in life forms are family because families take care of the young until the young are able to take care of themselves and then when the young are able to take care of themselves then they give birth to those who are young and then they take care of the young until they're able to take care of themselves and it's called generational cycles but if your offspring has 25 heads because 25 is better than one You're going to run like the wind. <laughs> Somebody else take care of that. That isn't mine. <laughs> and in order to avoid that, evolution realized that when growth and, and, and advancement became too rapid, that things started to die out because they weren't being cared for because they were not recognized. And so growth patterns were only permitted in recognizable sequences. That you grow, but you don't grow beyond that which you can recognize. So what happens is that when you start to grow beyond that which you can recognize, you start feeling horrible. And that's the fraud factor. But this is Mercury in retrograde, which is an opportunity to grow beyond that which you recognize. And so what you'll have to do for maximum growth with Mercury in retrograde is set yourself in a position that says, I will enjoy the unenjoyable. And that's just a matter of retranslating perspective. How many, time, how many people, and those of you online, have ever had the sensation of, mm, I don't like that. And then a little while later, because somehow you had it again, I'm talking about food. <laughs> and you had it again, and you had it again, and pretty soon you go, oh, it's not so bad. And it's called an acquired taste. Yes? 
Yes. Almost everybody feels that way about avocados. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, what is that drink? I drink it all the time. Kombucha? Kombucha is not a thing you go, wow, the first time, wow, this is so good, you know? No, kombucha is, this is good for me, this is good for me, this is good for me, and then your brain begins to associate good for me with good. And then all of a sudden you feel like it tastes good. But let's face it, kombucha never tastes good. But we all drink it because it's good for us and that makes it feel like it tastes good. That's what an acquired taste is. <laughs> Rapid evolutionary conscious growth never feels good. But it's good for us. And so we associate that it's good for us with the fact that we feel horrible. And we get over blaming. And what's the, most, what's the person that you blame the most? Yeah, you. Isn't that the way they say when you're pointing, you know, three fingers pointing at you? Remember that? Yeah. One thing Yogi Bhajan said when I was having one heck of a horrible time with somebody, and it wasn't my wife. <laughs> Let me just go on record there. <laughs> I wonder who that was. It doesn't matter who it was. It was a person in the world. And I went to Yogi Bhajan and I said, this is insane having to put up. This person was working in what the organization that I was running. And I said to Yogi, this is insane having to put up with this. He said, don't think of it as insane. Imagine you only feel 10% of what that person is experiencing. He said, when that is recognized, then you'll feel compassion for those people who irritate you the most. I said, well, I hope that day comes because right now, that isn't how I feel. But eventually that day came. And when you recognize when you're experiencing somebody like there are so many in the world today, huh? Can you imagine how those people experience what they're living through? Oh! Blame, 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 blame. We were sent, we are the saviors, the messiahs, the masters. We were sent to this God-forsaken planet that is naturally beautiful, but humanly absolutely insane. The only creature on the planet that's destroying the planet and extinguishing the life on this planet are the human beings who are in a total state of misery and the ones that are the most miserable are the ones that are scrambling to the top of the heap in order for them to try and find some way of having less misery. And that's the nature of nature. And we were sent here to begin to draw the ones out from the bottom of the heap that are being crushed by the pressure and teaching them how to support the others and become another agent 
for drawing those out of the bottom of the heap. Our life is not to be to point and condemn and blame those at the top of the heap. Yes, they are what they are. <laughs> Let's keep it just simple. They are everything that your brain can put a word to. And what good did that do? What good did it do for you to use that brain power to make that gesture and comment? Our capacity is to grow to such a degree that we invent new ways of drawing those from the bottom of the heap because there are millions and millions and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of ones who are at the bottom of that heap who are just as ready as you are to grow. They're done with scrambling and blaming, so they're not at the top of the heap. They're not even near that ascension. They're being trampled on because they are what is said in the scriptures, right? The meek. Hmm? The meek shall inherit the earth. And that's what it means. Our task is to take periods like this Mercury in retrograde. And it comes at a time when spring is springing, Easter is happening, Passover is happening. All of these things are surrounded the same event. The blossoming into spring, the planting of seeds. All of this is caused by the same energetic. This is our time. And all we have to do is move against the fraud factor. Feel like garbage. Use it for fertilizer. Mulch your garbage. Let it rot. <laughs> kind of like kombucha. <laughs> I love kombucha. But that's an acquired love. <laughs> so we are going to have a class today that works with our diaphragms so that we can move the energy between the Amardas Guru and the Ramdas Guru. The Amardas Guru, that gut wisdom. The Ramdas Guru, that heart wisdom. The gut wisdom is the fire and passion. The heart wisdom is the courage and the will. So you take fire and compassion and add it to courage and will and then create in the head brain discipline, which means to be a disciple of higher awareness. Discipline, disciple. And you have fire and passion, will and courage and discipline and all of a sudden you are a balanced being moving forward. And now is our time. This is our year. It's a year of 11. This is our century. There's an 11 year every nine years in this century. In the last, all of the last centuries, there was only two per century. Now there are 10 per century. No, two per, I think it's two per 10 years, isn't it? Um, 
2009, no. 2009, 2018, 2027, 2036, 2045, years of 11. 11 is that equality, that equilibrium. That is when you are equal to the universe. So if you go out there and you start making waves like I am equal to the universe, you watch how horrible you feel. You watch how fraudulent you feel. You watch how you start to get internal and external pushback that you can't believe. And that's when you are the Ardas Bayi, Amardas Guru, Amardas, which as I said before, you're getting into the face of the universe and saying, okay, come on, let's go at it. It's you and the universe, let's go at it. I watched Yogi Bhajan, I point over for those of you on camera, I point over, he's not sitting over there. Just to, just to understand, there's a big picture of him in here in this uh, yoga center. But I watched him year after year after year push the limit and then push the... I got exhausted. I said, come on, let's just be good with what we are doing. <laughs> and near the end of his life, he yelled at me like in a room like this. And I was on the other side of the room and he yelled across the room because I was the first one. And he said, hey, Guru Singh, when we started out, we had no idea what we were doing, did we? That kind of shocked me. And I turned around and I said, well, I thought you did. <laughs> and he goes, nah. And there was a lot of people in the room and they all were like, really? Like this? Are you serious? So the key here is go for it. And don't ask how. Walk as if and the how will come to you. And all of those things that you feel, oh, 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 you know, all those things, right? That just describes everything that we all feel and we all do it. That's just low-hanging fruit on the tree of your life and you're advancing faster than you are permitted to, but that permit is going to change by your actions. Change the permit. I look at what's happening politically in America and I say, oh, well that's what I'm doing. You know, everybody is standing around news and, and opposition people and they're all going, well, that's not permitted. Well, well that's not permitted. Well, well, that's not permitted. Well, well, that's not permitted. And the instigators are going, who says? By whose decree? I'm going to do it anyway. Try and stop me. Stop me if you can. And everybody is going, wow, where does this go to? Where does this lead to? It's never been this way before. It is a microcosm of the macrocosm. The only thing that holds rules together are the opinions and ideas that make up the rules. 
And some opinions and ideas that make up the rules are very ethical, very moral, very appropriate. But still, rules and laws are just a logic that has a group believing in it. You know in your industry it's setting precedence. Once precedence is set, then they establish that, okay, well that's a rule, that's a law, that's been established. But it's been established by a series and a, a collection of opinions, either a jury or a panel of judges or a single judge. Think of that as a microcosm, and I'm not saying that what's going on is appropriate, it's very inappropriate. But think of that as a demonstration of the microcosm in the macrocosm. And the macrocosm is what is governing your consciousness. And so the rules of your consciousness, if they're not unethical, if they're not immoral, if they're not inappropriate, the actions that you're taking against the rules within the consciousness, take those actions. Don't be unethical, don't be immoral, don't be inappropriate, don't be unkind, don't be any of those things. But take the actions that, make, that allow you to grow. And then grow as fast as the repercussions don't swamp you. Because if you grow too fast and gather too many repercussions, they will overwhelm you. And so there's a disciplined balance between how much you can grow and how much you must hold back. And that is what the Buddha called the middle path. On the wave of life, that is this position right here at the top, and it's called balance. And when your life is balanced, when your life is a balancing act, ultimately your life becomes boring because there's nothing disturbing the balance. It's the disturbance of balance that takes us out of boredom. And so what we will often do is we will, you know the word self-sabotage? You know the expression self-sabotage? What we will often do is we will self-sabotage in order to create some chaos, which means that we've gone from balance down here to anxiety, gone down into what's called the commotions, and then we have to solve something. So we feel really good, we feel really busy, we feel really like we're important because we're solving a chaotic calamity. Oh, made it through. Oh, how's your life? Oh, I made it through. Oh, yeah, you didn't do anything. You just got yourself in a mess, pulled yourself out. Got yourself in, pulled yourself out. That's what the Buddha said in the side of the river. The river is always changing. It's always the same. Because the river is always from the source to the sea. And the little ripples in between don't mean anything. They're just ripples to the little bubbles in the midst of those ribbles, ribbles, ripples, it is very chaotic. So don't be a bubble in the ripple. Be an awareness that sees the river. 
and then deal with the ripple and get there soon because the other side, the unethical, immoral, inappropriate, unkind side is moving really rapidly, moving really rapidly. And so we've got 10, 20, 30 years to really pull ourselves into a massive format where we will have 20, 30, 40 million of us completely walking on water enlightened. I'm not saying that we will walk on water, that's an expression. But we'll be walking on water enlightened. We'll be raising the dead enlightened. That's, can you imagine? That's our mission. 20, 30, 40 million who are raised the dead enlightened. There's no way that the ignorance will be able to take that out. You can take out one individual. We just celebrated a weekend where that's the myth. But you can't take out tens of millions. So we are going to be those sprouts that grow up and then just fool. Good idea? Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.